Welcome to the Ballyhowra podcast series, Community Reimagined. Community Reimagined is a campaign to support social enterprise in the Ballyhowra region and will communicate to the general public about what social enterprises are, how they make a difference and the impact they have on local communities. Today, we're talking about enterprise. Mitchellstown Enterprise Centre is a dynamic and forward-thinking enterprise centre. It offers a collaborative atmosphere in a professional environment. And the Enterprise Centre is the brainchild of the Mitchellstown Forum, which is representative of all the community groups and sports clubs in the Mitchellstown area. And it's great to see so many groups working together with the one aim. The building was purchased by the Forum Company with the help of Enterprise Ireland, Cork County Council and others. Now, with me here to discuss this and uh, and to tell us more about the Mitchellstown Enterprise Centre is Amanda Slattery, who's the Economic Development Manager with Ballyhowra Development. And she is really clued in to what's going on when it comes to enterprise in this region. So, Amanda, having been set up in 2015 and growing ever since, why do you think the Mitchellstown Enterprise Centre has been so popular within the region? Well, thank you, Mairead. First of all, great to, to be here and maybe to wear a few hats today. Mitchellstown Enterprise Centre, it's a real success story. And as you rightly said, set up since 2015. Now, I think from my perspective in Ballyhara Development, we kind of see that the community and enterprise is very much inextricably linked uh, one of the the factors for the Enterprise Centre coming about actually went back many years to the community planning process in Mitchestown where they identified this as a, a real need. Um, with the Enterprise Centre models across Ireland, you're looking at these being established in places that would have had maybe lower levels of employment. And I suppose for Mitchestown, on the back of the thriving Galti you know, factory and, and the loss of quite a number of jobs. It was sort of against that backdrop that this had, came into had being. Had the community given up on the IDA? Um, no, not so much. I think this was more that there was an opportunity for them to 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 look that little bit further and see what they could do. And I think enterprise centres like this would be real collaborative efforts. But I suppose the, the, the need came about from the community seeing this through the process of a community And it wasn't just a kind of an enterprise community. Mm. It was sporting facilities. It was voluntary groups. Oh, it was across the board. And Mm. there must have been some chat around how that building would have been developed and the Mm. different uses it could have been put to. So how come enterprise came out on top? Well, I suppose it's, as I say, going back a number of years. But the one thing with the community plan is that you have all of those representatives of all those community facilities coming together in the same space. And I suppose if we look at Mitchestown now, you have the Enterprise Centre ideally located where it is, as you rightly said, just opposite the, the fir grove there. You, there was also this need growing around a leisure centre. There's another social enterprise in Mitchestown, which the community mm. brought together, and that mm. is the actual leisure centre at the back of what is the, right. the, the Tesco. So all of these social enterprises have established utilising, I suppose, ground that was available or old buildings. But the Enterprise Centre has really gone from strength to strength by that collaboration, bringing in the likes of Ballyhara Development, the local development company, at a time when there was leader funding as well to support. Mm, mm. You also had the coming together with Cork County Council Mm. and their focus within community enterprise spaces. And of course, Enterprise Ireland, which is really the the main grant force and driving force behind these buildings and expansion. So looking at where they started to a point of where they are now, where 
it's very much at capacity. There's over 20 tenants there now um, and looking to the next stage of a potential extension on and that what space. And what are the uh, range of businesses and services? What's covered? So I suppose you have space for maybe small startup businesses that might have one to two employees. Mm. And then you also have a facility for maybe larger um, larger office space that would take two plus so employees. So it's like incubation spaces. So it's in- incubation spaces. Yeah. The enterprise centres essentially are for fostering startup business or micro business. Mm. Um, in some cases, you might have a, uh, not a franchise if you like, but it might be because of the location mm. that an office could locate there. Mitchestown is ideally located. Mm. Um, so the range of businesses then relate from, I suppose, HR, HR consulting there's accountancy, there is IT provision and IT solutions, there's Wi-Fi companies, there's Sky. And there's how all would that, their yeah. needs have been met in the past? Well, that's an interesting question. I mean, where would they be? They would be in different, you know, probably multiple mm. locations. I think one of the pluses even in talking to some of the tenants in the Enterprise Centre is the level of business between them you know, and the level of cross-referral right, and that. They support yeah, each they're other. supporting each other because they can kind of fill a need for each other's business. Yeah. Um, there's a lovely atmosphere in that space as well because you have the communal canteens and kitchens and they all do get together on their breaks. And I suppose okay. they're they're sharing all about their own yeah, business they're together. They're networking. I suppose they're networking without calling it networking, but that's yeah. every sort of uh, situation where they come together is almost like a networking opportunity. But uh, really, really... Um, a lovely space with a super office manager as well. Yeah. And, and, and how yeah. did you market that? I mean, was it a case of build and they will come? Or did you have an idea before you really got into the planning stages of who was going yeah. to be, who who would require these spaces? Um, I think even through ourselves um, and through the council and through the local enterprise offices as well, there's a lot of uh, cross-referral, you know. Right. Um, and cross-referral is still something that we would see even if we look at the food units next door. It's all of these different um, levels of cooperation and partnership together where you would would refer. Yeah. But it's also website, it's also marketing, it's also even people that are located there telling others mm. uh, word of mouth is still a huge, a huge thing. Um, and the rates as well are very, very competitive. You know, they're well, very course, um, I, I accessible. Suppose, I suppose, yeah, well, actually, we'll talk about rates then. Mm. I mean, how, how much does it cost for somebody to start yeah. off in an incubation unit? Well, uh, for um, for even for your uh, an office space on a monthly basis, I think it's approximately 270 plus VAT, but they're very right. competitive rates right. if you take into account so you that get that your includes heating, you exactly get your Wi-Fi, your, heating, you get your, your Wi-Fi, your free car parking. And you have an office manager there as well. So even when it comes to things like if there was a meeting and you need a catering, I mean, Norma can do that and organise those, those different things. So um, it's taking out a lot of those those costs. And essentially what you want is that this is a space that helps them to grow and in time perhaps they do outgrow the enterprise space. But that's what it's nurturing. It's nurturing those that, that startup stage and that micro business. And is the new bill then an extension of that or have you found a different need there? Um, well, that would be a hope, I think, for the board of of the Enterprise Centre is that they would, because at capacity and they feel that they're probably um, getting a lot of inquiries still, that they would move to extension. But that would depend on, I suppose, a lot of factors as well. And what about COVID? How, how much of a an impact did it have initially and now since the, you know, the regulations and the constraints have been taken away? Has it had an impact? I, I think I can speak maybe more 
uh, broadly from that experience during COVID um, from a Ballyharry development perspective in that it was a real challenge because people were working from home. Um, there was also a lot of uh, negative impacts on business as well. Um, people were struggling and I suppose globally, not globally, but I suppose nationally, a lot of the enterprise centres would have seen a downturn in their income. Now, to be fair, what I found um, and what we found is that there was a lot of allowance within the organisations like Enterprise Ireland, the council's yeah. leader, you know, uh, giving um, derogations, giving extensions of time to grants, opening up other opportunities for COVID recovery. Now, to see... I suppose how quickly we have come back to an extent is right. is is great because right. you know people I think did it take a little while maybe from a business sense it didn't we were all back to to business like we were pre pre pandemic but um yeah that time was tough but I think um all of the agencies rallied if you like mm, um mm. to support them and they got through it I suppose the the first and second lockdown um, for a lot of community groups as well and and social enterprises would have meant that there was a level of reserve right that could keep things ticking over yeah. um, and enterprise centres I mean you hear a lot about them they seem to be a popular you know place for particularly service sector jobs mm. to be developed mm. and and you know what would you say to other groups who are thinking of going down this route who who maybe see the capacity or see that they're on a good road you route you know in a good strong town and and I think here in Mitchellstown there's always been an enterprise culture as well mm. I mean you know it was local people to set up the the, the different factories around here the meat processing mm. pig processing and all of that um so in terms of um, enterprise centers, how would you see them developing? Yeah, no, I think it's a it's, it's a very positive thing. I think it's for any community. I, I couldn't sort of um, I couldn't say more about a community planning process, which is kind of the the, the, the foundation of what we do in Ballyharry development. If you bring people together, they mm. can look at their strengths, their weaknesses, their opportunities, their, their threats as a collective mm. facilitated through that process. And by looking at where those needs are, mm. um, that's that's your start point. Because if you have a collective view that is researched and facilitated, mm. then it does put in place the next steps and talking and seeing other examples so of best practice. So if something practice. isn't imposed, if it's, it's actually not from imposed. the ground up. And this is the, the ethos of local development. It's bottom yeah. up approach. It's working with people to create that change. And I think if you buy in from the start, that's how good things happen. Okay, well, listen, thank you for that, Amanda. No problem. Now, can I talk here to Mike Knightson, um, who is the uh, volunteer here in the East Centre in uh, Charleville? Um, and um, how long has this centre been in business? It's been in business, well, business 10 years, Mairead. We were set up by a community group. I think it's actually just shy 11 years in July this year. So three local businessmen got together. I thought there was a good idea. There was at the time. And what was their good idea now? Their what? good idea was that they needed to bring small businesses to Charleville. Like right. Charleville is that sort of an outlier. It's as far away from Cork city centre as you get. Mm. Uh, but Barry, you're going to Castletown Bear or somewhere like that. So they worked with Ballyhower Development, the Chamber of Commerce and a lot of the local There's groups. There's a strong Chamber of Commerce here in the town. There is a strong there? Chamber yeah. of Commerce ran by Ray Lee at the moment from the centre of town and they've got a good plan together at the moment. There's about six and a half million of inward investment coming into Charleville at the moment. And bypassed? I'm politically going to sit in the fence. I, I, I like being able <laughs> to travel a bit Are you ever going to get bypassed? Funding willing, I hope we will because I think that 
that stretch of road between Charleville and Limerick has seen too many people pass away. Yes. So for no other reason than health and safety, I think it's a good idea. I may not be in total agreement with everybody on that, but I mean, I think anything that saves lives is a good idea. So yeah, I do think. Yeah, but like the, the Mitchellstown is on a great hub area there as well, and certainly from Limerick to Cork, you know, Charleville is really well positioned. Well, we're halfway between yeah. the second and third largest city. Yeah. In Ireland, and we do get a lot of business because of that. I mean, it's a thriving town. Charleville is a very busy town. It's the Empire Centre has done very, very well from that. We're four minutes walk from the centre of town. So we get a lot of local businesses. We get Tusla, we get the HSC, we get St. Joseph's Foundation in our meeting rooms on a regular basis. Mm. We have a lot of individuals. We have a grind Mm. school. We have all the other ancillary. As you know, there's been a huge upgrade here in the last 12 months thanks to Connected Hubs and the funding there in Ballyhower and all the work. So tell us about that. that. Well, no, just tell us in, in terms of when you started 10, 11 years ago and what you're doing now, what's different? Okay, 10 or 11 years ago, we had one large meeting room. We had a place to go for coffees and we had seven desks. And that was all we had. So at the time, digital hubs. And but it still, been, that was advanced enough, you know, it, seven hot desks. It, yeah. it was. I mean, and if you think about it, it's... It was developed originally through Cork County Council through the Cocoon Programme and with Ballyhora and the local chambers. And it was a great idea. So they they took the technology that existed at the time. Everything was wired. Wi-Fi wasn't really a big thing. So you'll see there's 30 or 40 ports wired into the wall now. But we might use two of those a year, but we've got mesh Wi-Fi installed since. So over that 10 years, technology and covid mutated the mindset very, very strongly. I, I would think so. I mean, the change that has happened is a result of COVID. It, it is. How have you seen that pre and post COVID? Well, I'm here six years, so I suppose I've I've, I've lived yeah. through it all in the centre. So pre-COVID, we were starting to develop the centre. We had a four-phase plan, and it was maybe a five, six, seven-year plan to get everything we wanted done. Mm. But what accelerated as a result of COVID was inward investment from the government to say, not everyone can work at home. Everybody's not going to work in an office. So how do we put all this together? And through the Western Development Commission, who were doing a project at the time, Connected Hubs appeared and funding appeared through the Department of Rural Affairs, who I have to give a big shout out to. They've been so supportive on everything that we do. And we came up with a plan to, we started. Now, who's the we? The we, the the board, the community. So we have a very strong board. We've had one member of the board has been here quite a while. He's, he was involved in the original startup. We've members of the Charleville Show with the treasurer of the Charleville Shows on. Right. So again, inclusive, very right inclusive the community. Chamber of Commerce. We have a charity partner in the first responders. So we give over this room for training. We have a defibrillator. Our view is everybody should be able to start a heart if possible. Mm. Like we put a defibrillator in very specifically to give as much training to people. And it's we, we don't charge for the room if somebody wants to do health and safety training for the community. If it's a business, we right. charge them. But if it's community health and safety training, yeah. we feel it's part of yeah. our remit to give back yeah. on that side of things. Yeah. So the difference now between startup and now? So if I walked it through from the, the back, because it's probably the easiest way to do it, we're now cycle friendly. We have cycle spots out the back, we cycle racks out the side. Right. We have a post office box. We found an awful lot of people who were, they didn't want business paperwork coming to their home. They wanted home to be home and work to be separate. So we run a PO box service for anybody that's running a business that may be out and about a lot. So when we get Anything you need to look out for there now? Oh, God, yeah. We we only take businesses and you must produce a driving license to get it because the last thing we want to be is 
a service. A service for people shipping stuff they shouldn't possibly be shipping from right. countries that yeah. might be shipping stuff that we don't want. So no, but it's, and then we've had a grain school in here, which was great because it's purpose built for a grain school. And we're looking at reverse engineering that at the moment. We have a wonderful video conferencing suite outside. We went just from old to new. We went from having a screen mm. to a 75 and a projector to a 75 inch touch screen TV mm. and interactive whiteboard. So rather than bringing students in for the grain school now, you can actually bring the teacher in and he can do it out. So we can set the video conferencing up that he can work How can on the whiteboard. How can he chastise his errand <laughs> or our errand students? Not my problem. I'm, I'm sure if their parents are paying for grinds, uh, yeah. the chastisement is coming from yeah, the parents, right, not from right. the, the okay. teacher. So like we've, we've a lot going on. And then we're just after upgrading the ventilation system because of COVID. We found that during lockdown, it was very hard to A, market and B, segregate. So we have a new system in that will change the air in the building eight times an hour. So it allows us to make sure that the air is pure and fresh and filtered all the time, which is a, a huge part of the COVID mm. the pre prevention treatment right. that's needed. We split so the main offices yeah, as well. So it's, it's, it's high level. And of the services you offer, what ones are the kind of the most in demand? Oh, well, the desk space would be your bread and butter. Right. Desk space and meeting rooms. Podcasting is becoming more and more important. Mm. The problem with the podcasting is people, when they're, when they're recording a podcast, sometimes they think more is better. Sometimes less is more. And it's trying to, when we're doing the training for podcasting, it's seven minutes, nine minutes. Mm intros, outros, plan your links. There's a mm. bit of work in mm. all these things. Mm. And that'll be the next step now is to do podcasting training. So we'll, we'll be moving to that as well. I'll be coming along for we some. might all be coming along, Ray. <laughs> I think Thanks you're all doing <laughs> yeah. quite well at yeah. that, to be honest. So Anyway, yeah. I wanted to go back to you, Amanda, because we want to have a look now at the Millenni Millennium Centre in Carraconlish. So this is the Carraconlish Caroline Community Centre Council mm. Limited. And it was established in 1992. 99 they opened. In 99 they <laughs> so opened. So the centre opened in 99. Um, yeah. yeah, and I mean, they, they, these were a marvellous group of people in what mm. they wanted to do. They even, the committee, even financed some of the early projects out of their own pocket. Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah. like, I don't know if you can get Phenomenal. people to do that now. Phenomenal, yeah. Um, so the division places the Millennium Centre at the heart of the community, providing valuable, sustainable, secure and culturally diverse and accessible space that is valued and supported by the people in the local district and community. The mission is to promote, enable and facilitate inclusive activities which embrace and address the education, training, employment, welfare, health, social, cultural and recreational needs of the local community and district. And that is certainly a tall order. Just on that, I mean, it was probably before your time now because you're only a, a chiseler, um, oh God. Amanda. I but wish. how, I mean, for a community <laughs> to actually put up the funding for the initial project, like that is some commitment to local community and Yeah, I'm, I'm, to be enterprise. honest, even working for Balearia Development, I'm constantly blown away by what communities in the region are doing and have done. Mm. Um, so the Millennium Centre, yes, huge investment from, from the, the, the start. I will say that leader funding has been mm. such a, a, a vital resource as well for but communities. But you're looking at the, the dates, I mean, it literally coincides yeah. with the event yeah. of leader. Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I, I do think for all the community centres that you, you see on your travels throughout Ballyhara country, like they're, 
there is a, a number of them that have been developed because of of leader the rural development program and it's been vital for for a lot of these the millennium center today i mean it really is an amazing space um you have the the sports hall you have the bar you have this amazing stage you know they've uh, they pre covid there was something running seven nights a week because I know yeah. for us in Ballyharrow when we do um, our networking forums or where we're bringing uh, the communities together Carricklish was always a toughie because you were always going to be clashing with some event you know <laughs> so the Millennium Centre has been it's an amazing space and recently um, being up there we've developed a, a new Food Hubs uh, website and programme where we're looking at community kitchens so a lot of these um, This is startup. Yeah, you can't for, do it at the kitchen table Exactly yeah. so if you're outgrowing the, 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 the kitchen your own home kitchen and you want um, I suppose a HSE approved standard kitchen you know your mm. stainless steel mm. kitchen there's a number of community spaces that kind of fill that void and the Millennium Centre is is one of those as and well. And have you businesses working out of that then in the so, food area? Um, they, they would have had in the past but yeah they're open to tenants so they would have their, their main kitchen as well for servicing any of the events and then they would mm. have the, the, the back area where as I say uh, somebody that's outgrown their own kitchen could mm. actually take on that space and we've put together um, a website called Food Hubs. I suppose what our hope is that people um, can see this, uh, that they can see the breadth of the community kitchens that are available to them and then perhaps if they outgrow a community kitchen they might look at the food enterprise units that are available in Mitchistown and Hospital there's still um, um, a vacant unit available in Mitchistown so you'd like to see that you're generating that level of throughput so they are coming I mean yeah. you know I mean they yeah. are there is a value to developing enterprise centers in across the country there is, there is, uh, as in the, the food yeah. unit. Yes, there is, there is. And I suppose the Millennium Centre is one of a number of community spaces as well that is looking at that mm. element, mm. nurturing that startup food business because mm. food is just so important, will become more and more mm. important mm. when we look at where everything is going with the EU Green Deal, the circular economy, all yeah. of this, we have to look at that nurturing of, yeah. of food. Yeah, it, um, it often surprises producers. me, the development of the co-op sector mm. in, say, dairy and livestock, you know, production over the past 40, 50 years. So much of it was voluntary led. Mm. And the next wave hasn't happened as such, really. You know, it seems to be going abroad. You know, we were doing primary processing but we're not going further than that in mm. a lot of cases. Yes, yes. And, and yet it was that enterprise culture that brought those businesses and built them from the co-op stage, you know, in over in Drumcolliher. That's right, um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, there must be scope there for the development of whole new products. Oh, I, I, I think so. And there's a whole host of new sort of products being developed all the time. And I think as well from a consumer perspective I think people are a lot more conscious as well of what they're yeah. buying and buying locally and um, there's a lot of purity to the product as well I mean is, there's an yeah. awful lot more inward thought on organic and clean proteins and stuff mm -hmm. like that I've seen a lot of companies there one just be springs to mind and the woman that developed it developed it after she had her baby was something that would give her energy and keep her going a bit. And I think there's so many people out there doing so many good things. Where we fail as a nation is marketing. Mm. We're not good at shouting about how great we are. Well, we've developed very few national or international brands. Kerrygold is probably about one of the few. Waterford Glass, mm. Bailey's, 
You know, I mean, there's there's literally only a handful. Jameson, of them. cool. So we're, we're good on the drink side. Jameson, cool <laughs> swan. You know, but yeah, yeah. yeah this, this is true. Guinness. And again, cool swan. Yeah, yeah, I mean, cool swan was yeah. developed at the kitchen table. Yeah. You know, like and Mary Sadler. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, I mean, when we 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 look at um, a facility like the the Millennium Centre, I mean, it's. It's one of a number, but a fantastic amenity for Carrick and Lish and mm. used so much. Um, yeah. But that that whole Food Hubs is something that that website has just launched now, Ballyhara Food Hubs. And we'd hope then that we can engage a lot more of those community spaces to see this as an opportunity yeah. and then foster that next level of the the startup food business, yeah. um, that they have that comfort in knowing that there are supports available. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, talking you're talking there about, about Carrick and Lish and, you know, the enterprise culture that's there and, the fact that, you know, all the knock-on kind of implications of having that centre. Mm. Um, that committee, I mean, are they still in place? Or oh, have they, they, they are, and it's interesting. Have um, they found new volunteers? Is there new blood coming through? Uh, and that's been a focus for them, really, because uh, I, I mentioned in the Mitchestown case um, about the community planning, and it's only recently that mm. the, the community in Carrick and Lish have gone through that, that process. And I suppose the Millennium Centre has its own committee and what they're looking at now is how they can have an overarching community council for all of the community so that there is a nurturing of new people coming forward that can take on other projects that are things like, you know, the the sports field project or, you know, activities for children. And it's looking at the, the bigger picture for Carrick and Lish, um, the Millennium Centre being that that focal point. Mm-hmm. And again, if we look at, at COVID, I think one of the challenges, and I, I might have said that earlier, is just the level of activity when it comes to coming back out again people who were volunteering and maybe out five nights a week, maybe not coming back out in the way that they did. Yeah. And then levels of activity within the community spaces, not back to where they were right. pre-pandemic. And is that for us all personally looking at our our lives and how busy we are yeah. and, you know, so is that do we where want this, to this retain community that? plan is so important. There's, it's so You address important. those kind yeah. of issues because the responsibilities that voluntary direct directors, and you, you know this as well, Mike, mm. that the voluntary directors take on is just extraordinary. But what you find is, and I mean, I'd be involved in Scouts, I'd be on the Ethics Committee with St. Joseph's Foundation, I'm involved here and I have my own business and all the other bits and pieces. It only takes a small few dedicated people to get the stone moving mm. and then everybody comes on board. I think places like Carrick on Leash are wonderful because the smaller the community, the easier it is to pull together. When you get that little bit bigger and when you get that much larger, there's communities within communities, yeah. you know, and mm. then all, and yeah. like, and be it the sports here or the sports there. And I'm purposely not using any names because it's mm. different people have different agendas. And I think where it works in somewhere like Cahill Conleash is everybody can have it. Mm. You know, you just, it's, but, it's but available involved, and it's wonderful. Getting involved in community as a volunteer, I mean, in, in terms of getting you integrated into your new community, because a lot of people marry into an area or move into an area they don't know or they've never been that side of the county. Or mm. Well, I'm from Ennis and I moved to Cork 20 years ago. I didn't know anyone and the first thing I got involved in was Scouts and then the Residence Committee mm. and over you'll time often you get find to know it people. is the blow-ins <laughs> that well, are well, you heavily have to. involved. You have to. Yeah. You have because to, you to don't figure it out. Become, like, yeah. and, and running your own business in a town yeah. where you're not from, you're, you're branding from day one, but you're also, you're getting on with people. Like not everyone's a client, but everyone's a friend. I mean, I'm lucky. My my estate has 92 houses and I think we've something like 30 or 40 nationalities up there and they're all wonderful. 
Right. You know, we've we've got such. A, a so if if I landed in Mitchellstown or in in Charleville, and you know, a young person coming into the area, uh, is there a welcome for them on these um, social enterprise committees or these oh, volunteer gotcha. committees? Just, uh, how do they go about? Getting involved. That's you know, how the did they open the first door? That is interesting. F- Facebook, yeah. I suppose, would be like we're we're lucky. There is a Charleville Coves Facebook page that has an awful lot of people on it from all the different nationalities. Right. And a lot of questions are posed. How would I do this? Where would I find that? I'd be a late comer to Facebook. I'm not a huge social media person. That but gives I, your I, age away, Mike. I, I think it doesn't because my mother is probably better on it than I am. <laughs> right. I think it's probably, I sit somewhere in the middle now and that young people don't use it because their parents are on it. Exactly. And not so young people use it to see what their kids are up to, not yeah. realising they're hiding. They have a second yes. side, yeah. So, but uh, I, I found that if I need something in Charleville, that I'm not aware of, mm. you know. So if you want a birthday cake made or something like that, someone knows someone and it can be done. So there's going to be a lot of candles on my birthday cake, I might right. add. But, you know, so it's it's finding out. The schools are always a good place to find out mm. because mm. kids break down barriers anyway. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what you think, your kid's going to make friends with whoever they make friends with. And that's great because it's, it's, it's cool and yeah. you, you get to know them that way. I was just going to say as well, like one of the things is that if we have a, a networking forum, we actually have one coming up on, on Saturday, but when we bring all the community groups together and one of the challenges always they say is aging committees and not having anybody coming up along mm. the line that mm. will take on the, the mantle. Um, and as you said, you know, with all the compliance and all that level of, of red tape and charities regulator and everything that you get into, there's a lot to take on as a board member. But what we see with young people is that they'd actually like to get involved. They just don't know if they're welcome or how do they forge well, I it. I think so they I would think be welcome with open arms. Open arms. <laughs> so I think it's the two gaps because if we're saying we want young people at one hand and the young person wants to get involved but doesn't even know how to go about it, do we make it easy? Is well, it, I think yeah. the other question, Can you put a you know? kind of a match kind Can you, of Yeah, up, do we need know? to do some matchmaking? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Very yeah. interesting statement made yesterday and I, I was talking to someone and the mention of a closed shop talking about a particular mm. organisation. Mm. And then the individual that is on the organisation, I'm being very careful here now, obviously, but, but the individual said, no, we're not. There's a perception that we are. But to be honest, we have an average age of X and we'd like to bring it down and we'd like new ideas mm. and we'd like fresh ideas. Mm. But how do you bridge that gap? And here we are talking about it today. And mm, to be honest, yeah. I don't know how you bridge the gap because the fear factor of walking in and not being welcomed, especially for... Outweighs the enthusiasm. It, it, it outweighs the enthusiasm. Whereas if you're coming up, like if your dad always did it and you're mm, brought to it, you mm, end up doing it. And that mm. makes it look like a clothes shop where it's not necessarily that. I, I think... The, the the problem is it has to be you have to be welcomed well, in. I think it has to be waiting. facilitated. Yeah. I remember Carmel Fox mm. talking about when the first leader project came through and she was appointed to Ballyhowra and that that and Kilfinnan. And I don't know how many, was there forty seven derelict buildings in Kilfinnan? Correct. Mm. And like there's hardly one there at the moment. But the other thing was when they went out into the community in the Ballyhowra catchment area, um, to get people to come forward with their plans. I think only two groups responded because the others didn't exist. Yeah. And and one of the things that leader has done is build that enterprise culture and build that community development across all communities. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been hugely successful at that. But, it, you know, it, it needs that generation. They need to 
know they're going, there's another generation there willing to take the reins. And, and I think it needs to be facilitated. No more than the first groups were facilitated by the likes of Barry Howard and Leader and mm. went out and talked to them and got them together and got them to develop plans mm-hmm. and to bring young people on board. I think. I, th- I think where we fail firstly is if we want people to get involved, the first mm. thing we should know is what it is we want them to do. Mm. And I think we ask people to join committees and they say, well, what does the committee do? And you kind of sit there and look at them for a second and you haven't, I mean, we're all prepared for our interview today and we've got our bullet points and we know what we want to say. Mm. But will you join the XYZ committee? I will. What do they do? Do uh, duh, duh, the, the, the kind of, and then you hum and haw for about five minutes. Whereas maybe where it should be done is, you know what you're trying to fill. The yeah. same as if you were trying to employ somebody, there was almost yeah. a job description made. Yeah. And then you put it out there and in the old days, you'd drop it into the parish newsletter, but that's not as read or as listened to anymore. And the local newspaper was a lot more popular. It's it's about letting enough of people know that this is what you're looking for. Yeah. I think it is. It's looking at the skills. And I, I, I see a lot of, of groups now are going and directly, you know, talking to people to see would they, can they, and, and looking at the breadth of skill sets that are there. I remember a few years ago, we did a piece of work it was called the Community Inclusion Toolkit and essentially it was all on this topic. Mm. One of the big issues is succession and legacy for a lot of uh, voluntary structures and we facilitated three groups to look at this and it, it was kind of honed down to a few different pieces. One thing was keeping people informed, you know, you might, you, this group might know what they're doing but does the community actually know what's going on? So keep people informed in well, every yeah, well, aspect. Well, I mean, they, you need that quarterly um, newsletter, you do, know. or as you and, say, whether it's Facebook or whatever it yeah. is or the math notes, but look at, keep but you people need informed about what you do. I mean, every, yeah. project, every project has to have matching mm. funding mm. and the community has to raise. So yeah. unless there is real support in the community, you know, you, it's going to be very, very difficult to do that. And, yeah. and you also yeah. need it because people don't necessarily know what you do. The biggest, like when the board and myself sat down there about three years ago, four years ago and said, look, what do we want to do with this? Mm. They said, come away, come back with a vision of what a modern co-hub like working space would look like. So I came back and said, this is what we should be aiming for. It'll take a and long time. And you've even got your bicycle rack. <laughs> That's massive. But would you believe that is massive? We have two Californians that come in every Christmas and they want to be at their home for Christmas and they want to be able to cycle into the office. And one of them said to me, where's the cycle rack? And I went, <laughs> I didn't, you know, in my head, I drive everywhere, loads of files and everything. I should be better. My have you a knee and, charger or a car charger? That's no, the next thing. not yet. But if, if you can get one that will get me up and down to Dublin in the one day without <laughs> having to park for two hours, I probably will. But that's another story. But no, so we, we came up with what we wanted. And then when you started talking to people, nobody knew what was in here. Mm. They knew it was called the Enterprise Centre, but they didn't know what it was. Mm. So again, it comes back to that funding piece for years. There's funding to do the event, but there's rarely funding to market. Mm. So sometimes you've put in a wonderful environment, you've put in a wonderful space, you've got an AstroTurf pitch that nobody knows they can rent for 20 euros an hour. Mm. You know, so really... It's it's the secondary piece is more important in sometimes right. in the so we know signage is improved, marketing's improved, yeah. everything's improved, and we can see the uptick. We're twice as busy as we were two years right. ago. Right. And just to get the word out there, you're on um Baker's Road, is it? Baker's, Baker's Road, Road in Charlotte. You're just up above from Dunn Stores. It's a nice quiet road. There's plenty of parking here. We're um, between the NCT, which everyone will know, and Dunn's. So <laughs> right. there's loads of parking. We've got a cycle rack. We've got meeting rooms. We've got yeah. private spaces, You've private got offices. We've got the green, green screen. Yeah. 
and and, and the private pods, which and, I'm very yeah, impressed with. And yeah. anyone that comes in as as a result of this podcast and tells us that they heard about us on the podcast, we'll get three free days. No, but I mean, certainly mm. we wouldn't we, um, Amanda, we've found it very u- easy place to use now and all the facilities we all need the are facilities here. All the facilities are here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And continued success, Mike. Thank you very much. Okay, well, listen, continued success to everybody involved in mm. enterprise development across the Ballyhower region. I hope this has helped, our chat has helped explain what um, enterprise, uh, community enterprise is all about. If you want to follow up on anything that we've covered today, just check out the links on the show notes of this episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mairead.